0: Kristen here and today I am conducting my first international interview. I am excited to welcome Shayla Ackerman to the show. She is a fierce businesswoman taking the Canadian real estate market by storm. Shayla is a recipient of many 30 under 30 national awards for real estate. Two years into her real estate career, she placed within the top 3% of her company, For sales commissions earned, and last year she achieved top two percent out of about eighteen thousand agents with her brokerage, Royal LePage. She leads a team of three other real estate agents and collaborates with two assistants. In addition to being a real estate agent, she is a landlord and flips properties. She is obsessed with caffeine, loves fashion, is a mama to three kiddos, and a loving wife. I personally admire her hustle, drive to achieve, positive outlook, and transparency on her Instagram page. I am so excited for you to meet my friend. Welcome, Shayla. Oh my gosh, Kristen. Like, after hearing that intro,
1: my heart is so full, and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, you have worked so hard. It is so fun to introduce you and celebrate all of your accolades, and all of your accomplishments. So thank you for taking some time to chat with the elite achievement community today. I wouldn't miss it. Happy to be here. You are getting ready to celebrate eight years in real estate this coming January. Take us back to the beginning. How did you get your start in real estate?
1: (laughs) I guess if I'm being completely honest, my now husband and I had a very exciting but unexpected life change. We found out very early into our relationship that we were expecting a child. We were over the moon, but it definitely forced me to take a look at where I was in my life and what I was going to do moving forward. I was in university. I was almost through my degree, but by the time that we were set to have our newest addition, I didn't have the opportunity to finish. And so I sat down, took a look at my future. My husband was a real estate agent, and
0: I decided to give it my own attempt. Well, and giving it your own attempt, I think is uh, speaking lightly of what you have accomplished. How have you become so successful? Help us understand that journey it's actually really hard to hear that. I'm not someone
1: who listens to that lightly. It's been a journey and it's not always been an easy one. There's parts that are a huge, huge struggle and caused a lot of stress in my life to get where I am. But then there's other sides of the industry that I feel came very easy. And so the journey to get where I am has been year by year figuring out What I'm focusing on. And then collectively, I've ended up at this eight year incredible career that I've created. But it's been little by little, taking it year by year, step by step to come where I am.
0: Well, you mentioned overcoming various struggles. And I know that we all encounter struggles on our goal achievement journeys. How have you personally overcome some of those struggles? I think a lot of it was focused on my mindset. My mind was holding me back.
1: My mind was almost tricking me into believing or doubting myself. When I first got in, I was considered to be quite young, one of the youngest in the city. I also was female. Now, I don't know if that was something within my mind that I was up against or if that actually was a real thing. So as time went on, I realized that I needed to make sure that it wasn't me holding myself back. I wanted to make sure that I overcame those insecurities that I had. I wanted to make sure that I could basically create my own future without those beliefs limiting me. And figuring out how to do it wasn't easy. I still don't think I figured it out as much as I would like to. But moving forward, I try to sit back and question myself where these thoughts are coming from. Are they things that are being said to me? Are they things that I'm seeing online? Are they things that I'm creating in my mind? And every once in a while, I feel like there's an answer in each of those categories.
0: I work with a lot of women. And I think that as women, and I'm going to overgeneralize for a moment. I understand this isn't all women, but I think that a lot of times we have these limiting beliefs that can come from comparison. So we're comparing our journeys to other people's journeys, especially if we're active online. I also think we can have these limiting beliefs wrapped up around perfectionism and having to do it all and show up and be perfect I, prior to launching my coaching practice, worked in a male-dominated industry, and I felt a lot of the same challenges. I felt behind as a woman. I felt like I didn't have the same kind of competitive edge. So you've learned to explore those beliefs and ask yourself questions and try to figure out where they're coming from and if there's any truth in those beliefs. Have you implemented any practices or routines that help you keep your mindset super strong? Thinking back to it when I first got into the industry, the problem with real estate is
1: there's no road and everybody has their own journey. So everybody does it different. Essentially, you get your license and then you're thrown out there to figure it out. And that's why when you look at a real estate agent or you look at a brokerage, everybody can be so different. We really do have that flexibility to advertise who we are Create who we want to be and then mold our career to how we see fit. And so when I first got in, I did things that again, I think this was my mind limiting me. I was worried that being young was my disadvantage. So I would go out and I would make sure that I dressed older or I made sure that I always looked professional. When I first got into the industry, you wouldn't catch me dead walking outside the house unless I was in a suit. And to me, that showed professionalism, experience. It was sort of a false image I felt I was creating, but it also brought me confidence. I worried that being a female in the industry and having very limited knowledge about construction and houses and those sorts of things. I mean, I had only bought my first house four years earlier. I bought my first house at 21. I worried that people would question my education and my knowledge. And so I overeducated myself and I would spend hours and hours on things like YouTube, Google, listening to podcasts back when they did become a thing and trying to make sure that if anybody ever asked me a question, I hopefully could offer the answer, but I would never shy away from it if I didn't know. I would admit, I don't know that, let me find out for you. So those are parts of what I told myself I needed to form to be back then. As time went on, and I continued to grow and educate myself because I'm always taking new education. I'm always signing up for new courses, whether they are real estate specific or things like Photoshop. I was attending a class through the university so that I could work on my marketing at home because that was a love and a passion. that was also going to expand me in my real estate career. So as I advanced in my career, I felt so much more comfortable And to be honest, I felt like a lot of those strategies came a bit more natural. The more I worked with people, the more I felt comfortable. The more I learned, the more I could answer those questions without getting nervous. I'm no longer the young one in the industry. There's many beautiful women who are younger in my city, and I love seeing that. That actually really makes me happy, seeing these young women taking that risk And getting into an industry that once upon a time was male dominant. And once upon a time, they would laugh at the young people getting in. It's no longer like that. It's quite competitive, but also inviting in our city.
0: I heard you talk about the importance of education. And you are constantly growing and developing yourself so you can best serve your clients and continue to excel in real estate. I heard you talk about support and the excitement you have for other women coming up in your industry. And I think that is so critical in my work with a lot of women. They're craving support, especially in competitive environments. Can you talk about some of the support you had as you were rising up in your real estate career and how that support either helped or if there was a lack of support, hindered your success?
1: So you'll laugh at this. My husband is a real estate agent.
0: And yet when I got into the
1: industry, he basically said sink or swim. He was not going to help me. And now looking back at the time, I think I was probably very hurt by that. I was thinking that this, this person that I had so many amazing connections with should be there to advance and help me and help me build because it was also going to benefit him, but he didn't. And I now look back and understand that decision. That decision was because we were new in our relationship. We were now all of a sudden raising three children. We were renovating our house that we live in. There were all of these sorts of things that were going on. And in his mind... He felt that intermingling literally every point and section of our life probably wouldn't be good. Further to that, he had been in the industry for a long period of time. So he had created bad habits. He had also created good ones, but he had bad ones and he didn't want to pass those on to me. So where a lot of people would think I had that immediate support and a world of education right within my own home, I didn't. The best part to it was I made friends very quickly. And I, again, never shied away from asking questions. So I had a handful of gentlemen, they were men, that I connected well with. They worked within my brokerage where I started. And I would just call them and say, Hey, I'm struggling with this. Do you mind me picking your brain? And you would not believe how many people were there to say, Absolutely. Should we go for coffee? Do you want to do it over the phone? Hey, I'm in an appointment right now, but I'll call you back tonight. So I did lean on others in my industry, in my city. I picked a select few that I knew would be there to help me. Past that, I found support within my friend group. I have a solid group of girlfriends. They've been in my life, basically like one of them since I was (laughs) born. My sister didn't have a choice. They were always there to support me, although they might not have known exactly what I was dealing with. They were there to offer support in general. And that's incredibly important, I think.
0: You highlighted so many critical components that I feel are significant on our goal achievement journey. One, you highlighted that different people in our lives can provide different levels of support. I'm thinking to myself, I'm learning how to play golf. And because my husband has worked in the golf industry for years, I'm looking at him every time we're playing like, what I do wrong? I had a terrible shot. And it's so frustrating because he's not giving me answers, but I keep forgetting he's trying to play his own game. And he also told me, just like your husband said, he's got these bad habits that he doesn't want to pass on to me. So I think sometimes it's really, really important to figure out who in your life can provide the right levels of support, and it might not be the initial people that you expect. It's really powerful, Shayla, how you highlight you asked for support and what you needed. I think there are far too many of us that don't raise our hand. We're afraid of looking ridiculous or we're afraid of not knowing the answer, and so we don't ask, and that gets in our way. And holds us back. So I'm so glad you brought up that point. I've also noticed you've built a social media following and a fantastic Instagram page that I think everyone listening should go follow. So we'll, we'll tell them how to find you at the end of the show. But talk to us a little bit about your social media presence and how you've started to build up this community online. So the Instagram page that you're referring to was actually
1: an outlet from real estate. At a certain point in my career, I was starting to feel very overwhelmed. Everything about my life was real estate focused. My husband was a real estate agent. My career was expanding. I was flipping houses on the side. And I say on the side, but I laugh because it's obviously quite a commitment to flip a house. So that was sort of my side gig at the time. I realized that I was starting to lose a part of myself. I was losing a little bit of the fun to real estate. I find real estate incredibly fun. A lot of people I'm sure think I'm crazy, but I do really, really, really enjoy it. At the time, I was starting to feel like it was taking over every part of my life. And so I decided to create this Instagram page to share other passions that I have. I really enjoy clothing, fashion, getting dressed in the morning. To me, shopping is also a stress reliever. So when I'm really stressed with real estate, I'm going to pop into a local clothing store and kind of release. So I started this page to give myself a distraction. And over time, it has built to an incredibly supportive community which is really, really cool. They're not all local. Actually, only 20% of my following is local. The other 80% is wherever they might be, but it's given me that opportunity to connect with others within my province, within my country, and then all over the world. So that's what I've built this Instagram account to be, is a bit of my life, a bit of my motivation, a bit of my clothing, a bit of all over the map.
0: And let's talk a bit about your motivation right now, because I know you mentioned at the start of our conversation, you were motivated to get into real estate as your family was growing. What are some of your sources of motivation today? My motivation today still comes from the
1: motivation that started this journey, which was, I don't have a choice. I have a family. I have a home that I have to pay for. I have a life that I have to support. and so. I needed to get in there and give it my all and make sure that I was doing everything to the best of my ability. That still continues to today. It's a little bit different of a process day to day, but I get up and I love helping people. That's a huge part of real estate, helping people. My favorite day is Possession Day. This is the most exciting day in a lot of people's lives past things like marriages and births. So the motivation comes from seeing people happy, making people happy being able to get out there and interact with people. I am not someone who is able to sit behind a desk nine to five. Actually, I never did it. My whole entire adult career, I have never had that typical nine to five, but I knew I couldn't work for someone else. I don't like being told what to do. And so that is part of my self-employed journey. But my motivation comes also from the fact that I get so much reward from what I do that very, very, very rarely, Do I have to sit down and give myself a pep talk? Every once in a while, I do. I think everybody does. But generally speaking, the motivation comes fairly easy because I have found a career that genuinely makes me happy.
0: I understand Why we were instant friends when we met so many years ago. And I think we share that passion for making an impact and we share that desire to show up and help other people. You do it via real estate and helping them buy or sell their homes. And I do it via coaching and helping people achieve their goals. I also do not like to be told what to do. Took me a while longer to figure that out. And I did spend uh, over a decade working for other people. And that experience has absolutely shaped where I am today. So there's a part of me that is wildly grateful being on my own. There are definitely challenges. It is not always sunshine and rainbows. But I know at the end of the day, I'm the boss and it's really cool. I want to go back to your social media page because one of the things that I am challenged with is being so vulnerable and transparent online. This is very new to me as I launched my Instagram page for business this year. How have you grown the courage to show up and be online every day? You know, originally when I started it,
1: I was very consumed with the thought that everything had to be perfect. Everything had to be planned. I wouldn't jump on there if I didn't have my makeup or my hair done. It was an unrealistic expectation that actually wore on me as a person. I was worried about capturing that perfect moment and I wasn't truthfully enjoying it. So as that account has expanded, I've also tried to expand with my comfort level of what I'll share. And I find that it's really, really important to share the real life. Because if I'm always on there sharing this curated feed and these moments where you never see me without my eyeliner perfect, that's not real life. And that, unfortunately, I find can set an unrealistic expectation for my followers. I have gotten caught up in that whole Instagram game where I am comparing myself to others. I'm looking at their beautiful homes and their pretty cars and their wonderful wardrobe. And I, compare myself. And that is absolutely not what I think social platforms like Instagram are for. So I have started jumping on whether I have had a long day and my hair is in a top knot falling out or we're doing boring day-to-day things. I mean, even last night, I jumped on to admit to all of my followers that I've had a tremendous amount of anxiety about being on your podcast today. Even though we're friends, and even though I am incredibly confident in what I do day to day, this was outside of the box for me, and I shared that with them. I woke up this morning to over a hundred and fifty messages of women in my court cheering me on. It was a little pep talk that I got that I didn't even know I needed, but being real with people and being vulnerable is part of why people will connect with you, creating these almost like fake lives is quite detrimental really to people in not only how they connect with you, and and that's not my main focus, but how you view your life should be. And so I've done quite regularly actually clean sweeps of my Instagram account. And I go through and I say, is this person adding value to my life? Is this person being real? with me as a follower. And if they're not, I'm not afraid to unfollow somebody. I believe that those people that I follow are there to inspire me, to drive me to be better, to show me that life isn't always easy. And don't get me wrong, I am not someone who's going to share the dirt. We have things that we go through as a family. And there's one part of my life, I actually don't share on Instagram because that is a private part of our life. That's a part that doesn't need to be out there for everybody to, to know the details. So I think finding the fine line of being vulnerable, what can you share and what is okay for your family to have out there? And what is an item or a, a situation that should be kept
0: offline? I think that's incredibly helpful because I spent a lot of my early career working at a very professional setting. And it was business attire and you woke up and you got ready for the day. You did your hair. I put on makeup and there was a certain image. And I think in my mind, I associated that image with success. And here I'm sitting in the closet right now recording with you and I am wearing a v-neck t-shirt and my hair is in a top knot because it's golf this afternoon. I have no makeup on. I have really worked hard this year to shed that perception that I have to look a certain way to be a great coach or be a professional or be smart. The way that I look right now is not impacting what's in my mind. So I think that's such a healthy perspective to help us all think about if we're going to be on social media, showing both sides and not putting out those fake images because it does create unrealistic expectations.
1: I completely agree. Yeah, it's very, very important that we are supporting ourselves as well and support others through that platform.
0: Yeah, I'm super energized right now by finding who you are and your own true voice. And how do you think you have been able to go from being a young woman in a male-dominated industry to being the confident, fierce leader that you are today? I think a big part of it is realizing
1: that you have to adapt. Something that works for you originally might not work a year later or two years later. You always have to be reinventing. And that also goes with as we grow and we become more confident, what made me happy when I started might not make me happy today. And so really just adapting is, I think, the main answer to that question.
0: Well, and that connects with what we spoke about at the start of our conversation with mindset and how it really is a journey. And I think that personal growth and development and achieving goals is all about a journey. It's not like one day we wake up and we're all of a sudden perfectly confident or perfectly on pace or perfectly where we want to be. So as long as we are making steps in the direction of the vision that we have for ourselves and our lives, we can adapt and change and ebb and flow along the way. Yeah, I completely agree.
1: I think another thing too is making sure that you're aware of how you're feeling. And then one of the things, and this is kind of off topic, but one of the things I've learned that has helped me a lot moving forward And this is more of a 2020 thing is writing things down. So I've always tracked my goals. That's been since I got in. We started doing that right at the very beginning, but then it got into the idea of, okay, I have a goal. How am I going to get there? And so that expanded into here's my 12 month year end goal. And I would always write down the number. Well, how am I going to get there? So we would look at the months and basically figure out my busiest months in real estate are from April until September. My goal sales through that period at a higher expectation than the months that are slow. Really figuring out what my goal was and how I was going to get there has driven to my success. I can at any point in the year, pull up my wonderful spreadsheet and figure out, am I on track? If I am, that's awesome, but don't slow down. If I'm not, what do I have to change to catch back up to where I need to be. Instead of when I first got in, my goal was at the end of the spreadsheet. And if I got there, I got there. And if I didn't, I didn't. I'd look at it once a year. That lasted one year. And then I went
0: into creating more obtainable and trackable goals. A thousand percent on topic. Anytime we are talking about how you achieve goals is super exciting for all of our listeners. You set your goals for the year. And then you track them, which is massively important. If we don't track our goals, we're likely not going to achieve our goals. But the key is you're constantly reflecting and planning. So if you're off pace in one of your critical months, you do the work to reconfigure what it is that you need to do to bring your goal to reality. And that's such an important piece of this discussion because I don't know if a lot of our listeners are one, taking the time to write down their goals, two, taking the time to reflect and plan, and three, taking the time to adjust based on their progress. So I'm thrilled you shared that wisdom with us today. Further to that too, I think the
1: biggest thing is making sure that your goal is reachable. I like to stretch myself, but there was one year where I was feeling it. I got to the end of the year and I was like, I crushed that goal. This is awesome. I'm so excited for the next year. And my next year goal was to double what I had just done. That wasn't realistic. There was no part of me that physically could have completed that goal. So I spent that whole entire year, every time I checked that spreadsheet, feeling like I wasn't meeting what I had set forward. And so I think it's also making sure that what you're doing is
0: pushing you to your limits, but it's something that you think you can do. And it sounds like too, you had to build up a team, the team of other agents or the team of your assistants in order to achieve those bigger and better goals. I did. I got to a point where I told myself when I got in, I was
1: going to run myself ragged for five years. I was going to do everything I could to build my business. And then five years in, I wanted my business to work for me. Well, five years came and went and I continued to run myself ragged. It got to a point though, where I had to sit down and say, I can't do this all on my own. And I'm not providing the service that I've always been so proud to do because I'm struggling to keep up with the amount of business that I'm building. And so that's where I sat down. And that was 2019. February of 2019, I started this team and I was able to delegate roles and make sure that our clients were being serviced to the best of my ability. And so that was really hard for me. I don't like giving up control. I'm a control freak. I mean, really. But being able to expand and then also trust the team that I've built has allowed me to step away a little bit more. I spent three weeks in Europe last year. And all I really had to do was check the phone, make sure that my team was doing what they were, which of course they were. And... I got to go back to enjoying. I didn't even turn off my phone on my wedding day. I got married in Nashville, Tennessee, and I picked up my phone while I was getting my hair done to take a call about real estate. So it shows how giving up a part of that control actually has changed my life and taken it in a very exciting direction.
0: Well, I think there is so much gold in today's conversation as we've explored your journey in real estate, some of your motivators and drive to succeed, some of your very specific strategies around goal setting and goal planning and building a team and delegating. And I am so excited for our listeners to learn from you. And if our listeners, Shayla, are feeling inspired and they want to connect with you, where can they find you on social media? The easiest page that I would suggest for connection
1: purposes, because like I said, not everybody loves real estate like I do, is to follow my Instagram page, which is what I would consider lifestyle. And you can find me with the at symbol Shayla
0: Ackerman. And we'll go ahead and include that in the show notes for the listeners. I appreciate your time today. So until next time, Goal Achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins, learning from your lessons, and identifying your priorities so you can consistently pursue progress in the direction of your goals. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website to sign up and get connected. We can also connect socially on Instagram. Follow me at Meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, goal achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins.